Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> Did you bring wine? I got the glasses. You guys, I made a quiz. No, I didn't bring anything, but I'm here to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the official Broad Wasted Podcast, where we're drunk on theater. I'm your host, Brian Plopsy, and it's the day of the show, y'all. So step on the line. It may be a stool boom, but this is a bulging river, and it's asking for a penny for your thoughts. Nothing ever happens on Mars or in Blaine, but if my bubbly, but if my booby made a kishka, it was in her covered wagon open to toad shoot. Wow, not good. Joining us today are these usual dance belts and tubes of chapstick basket people, including Kevin, everybody dance, Jager. Everybody dance. Kimberly, our red, white, and bling game master and unofficial babysitter for the hour. Hi. And freestyling with us are two hammies and a tammy. Let's give a big broadways of welcome to friends of the show. Friends of the show. Aaron J. Albano, Haley Pachoon, and Akisha Williams. Y'all ready for this? Welcome, everybody welcome, dance. welcome. Everybody dance. Everybody um, dance. We will get to that one for sure. <laughs> um, but this week we're doing uh, documentaries again. We did that a couple weeks ago where they were a little bit more serious and fun, uh, quirky. This week um, we did a mockumentary and two um, uh, documentaries that we didn't do last time. Um, so today we're going to cover the new documentary, Freestyle Love Supreme, uh, which you can find on Hulu. We're going to be doing the uh, the chorus line documentary about the revival, Every Little Step. And then we're going to talk about everyone's favorite uh, theater mockumentary, Waiting for Guffman. Um, but before we get to any of those, what are you drinking? What are you drinking? What are you drinking? Um, Nikisha, let's start with you. What are you drinking? So uh, my I found my dad's rest of his moonshine stash. So I yeah. have a blue. <laughs> so I'm drinking blueberry moonshine. Yes. Um, These are really bougie, like flavors of moonshine. If you're mm-hmm. driving back to New York, make sure your trunk is only full of that stuff. <laughs> I'm bringing it all to you guys. I promise. <laughs> yes. Uh, I want to go around, Kevin. Uh, I am. Uh, no alcohol for me today. I'm still doing like a cleanse of sorts. So sure. I'm drinking a uh, Poland Spring sparkling water. It's raspberry rose. Uh, last week I thought I was drinking raspberry rose, but it just is rose. 
like the flavor of the flower. <laughs> I always say it raspberry rosé too because I get that flavor a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's just rose. There's not an accent. There's well, even there should be. There's like petals on the can, so I should. It's raspberry rosé. You say what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, okay. Um, I have the smallest amount of rosé in this travel mug. I just woke up from a nap, so let's be real. But I've got some strawberry bubbly sparkling water. Yeah, you distracted me during my intro. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> bubbly made a kishka. Yeah, my bubbly made a kishka. Um, uh, Aaron. Uh, I am drinking, an, I'm, I'm off the um, red wine today. Um right. So my so you know how I told you my friend uh, Hansel Tan makes uh, has this cocktail service in New York again. I got another one. It's another Qcock, um, and it is the uh, Perilous Affair, which is pear flavored. I guess um, it is Seagram's Dry Gin, Elderflower Syrup, Prosecco Allspice Cordial, Lemon Juice, Pear Puree, Muddled Sage, and Sex Lies and Deceit. Are all in Uh huh. If you want to go, I think. Wait, when does this release? Friday. You can yeah. order a new, a new drink today if you live in the New York area. Cool. Um, I think it's the Black Rose, which is a tequila watermelon situation. Are you sure it's rose, or does it say rose? Aaron, <laughs> Black Rose Rose. Who knows? Um, if you want to like look it up on Instagram, it's at Q Cocktails. So, cool. Enjoy. I'll be drinking yeah. it with you, Kimberly. Um, I arrived in Philadelphia not five minutes before we opened this Zoom meeting. Um, So I raided my parents' liquor cabinet like a good girl, and I found Tomcat Gin from Bar Hill, which is gin that's aged in whiskey barrels. So you'll see that it is brown, and I have it with a tonic and a lot of lemon because that seemed better than lime with a brown liquor. And my mother would like me to tell you what cup I am drinking out of, um, this is George Washington's presidential seal. Oh. And on the back is the stars of his original American flag, because this is from the Museum of the American Revolution, of which my mother's a founding member. Oh my wow. gosh, how cool. <laughs> so, Kimberly, do you know when that opened? <laughs> April 19, 20, what was it? It was the year I got married, 2017. Yeah. 20, yes, like my mom was so excited. She was like, well, you get married on, in March, and then the museum opens. <laughs> oh, that, man, that was so sweet. What um, good landmarks of that year? America around here. I want to go. Cool. Um, I have the rest of oh, the. Yeah. I I officially have the rest of the Bar Hill gin for you, so I will get it to you. Nice. Um, but I am drinking. Uh, I just finished a lime white claw, so now I am going to break open the ruby grapefruit white claw. Mm. Yes, white claw. I wanted my to try the claw. grapefruit. I had the black cherry, which I know Aaron had the black cherry, right? I had my very first white claw this weekend. It was great. Yeah, I feel like the black cherry tastes like uh, Jello before it becomes Jello. Like the li- <laughs> <laughs> like you licked the spoon after you yes. mix it. Yes. I mean, I'm gonna have to write to White Claw at this point and see if they'll right. uh, they'll help us out. We'll help them out. I mean, we already are. Um, <laughs> so um, we're gonna start with Freestyle Love Supreme, and Kevin has volunteered to lead the conversation about that new documentary on Hulu. Um, so Kevin, why don't you uh, take it away with a little Freestyle Love Supreme? Sure. I will take it away and I will do this all day because I am Kevin the K and I am here to say this was a movie that we watched that came out in uh, 2020. 
That was as far as I got for you. That, that was that slick. Good job. Speaking was really, I thought was funny. <laughs> I am so, Kevin um, okay. This movie came out in. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna ease into it. Um, this movie came out in 2020 on Hulu, obviously, and it is about uh, Freestyle Love Supreme, which was a improv rapping group that was created by Anthony Two Touch. I'm gonna butcher your name. I'm sorry, bro. Iniciale. Thank you. And it also uh, was created by Lin-Manuel Miranda and uh, Tommy Kale. Yes, so this was basically a, a movie about who they are and what they do and their journey uh, with the show, like the big behemoths of In the Heights and Hamilton in the background. Um, so we're going to go around in a circle first. And I'd like you to tell me what, if any, experience you've had with Freestyle of Supreme before this movie. And... Um, Give me a three-sentence high-level thought of what you thought for this movie. We're going to make this like a little game. you got to make exactly three sentences. Um, oh, God. We'll start with A.A. Ron. Oh, goodness. Three sentences. Okay. Well, my history with Freestyle is I was a huge fan of Freestyle Love Supreme. I, because I started watching them back when I was doing Spelling Bee because... I was going down to support James Monroe Iglehart, who I was doing Spelling Bee with at the time. And he was doing those shows. So I, after the show, I would head down. They were performing at the comics, I think. The, com- the, the comics nightclub, comedy club, whatever it was, on 14th, uh, between 8th and 9th. Comics. Comics with an X. Um, and I watched a ton of their shows. I think the Ars Nova show that they feature in the documentary, I was at that show. I watched that show live. It was great. And I was a huge fan of Freestyle. Love Supreme, that's when I met, like, that's when I met Lynn for the first time. That's when I met um, Shockwave. That's where I met all of those, uh, Anthony, all those people, um, because I was connected through James. Um, This documentary, I was not what I expected to be. I enjoyed the insight into the way the show was crafted and the community that created it initially. I was a little disappointed it didn't stay within the theme of community. Okay. I mean, based on how you would do punctuation, that was three sentences. Um, there was a. I gave you a subject. No, there, was, there was a spot statement. that I. There was a spot I might use a semicolon, but like I, I'll take the three sentences. Yeah, uh, <laughs> a statement is a statement is a statement. <laughs> true, true, true. Uh, now, what can I do? I'm going to go to you, uh, Miss Haley Lou. So we are going to Haley, and she's going to give me her uh, relationship with the FLS. And then also uh, three sentence thoughts. Um, history with with freestyle love supreme. I didn't know what this was until when I heard that they were coming to Broadway, and still had no idea what it was when it was on Broadway. Um, so this was kind of my first introduction to it. Um, I enjoyed it. It was fun seeing like home college videos, you know, cause we all did those. That's it. Great. Okay. You came under, I appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, let's go to Miss Kimberly. 
Hey, well, hey. Um, I have no history with it. I heard a lot about it when it was off Broadway and then on Broadway, and that was very secretive, and they stole your phones before you were allowed in the theater. Um, and I knew it was freestyle, obviously, from the name. What I didn't realize and what I learned from the documentary is that it is a short-form improv comedy show. <laughs> and I've yeah. seen too many of those. Yeah, one of my notes is literally... <laughs> So it's whose line is it anyway? Yes. It is the most 2000. We'll talk about it later, but it's the most 2005. (laughs) It's so nice to meet you. Let's go to Nikisha and hear what she has to say today. Kevin, I just have to say. (laughs) Truly, Kevin, I'm obsessed with you right now. Absolutely. Every day, all day. Uh, The same with Haley. I did not know anything about this until it started on Broadway. And I had a few friends that went and saw it and also told me about how they took your cell phone and put it in, you put it in this box and you can't get to it until the end. And I also knew that there were different people, different nights, because I know that James was also doing Hamilton at the same time, because the side note, him and our Burr at the time, Nick Walker were having some type of feud because Nick was mad that James was taking everybody's jobs and had multiple jobs. Oh, yeah. Um, so I knew that it was a different cast every every time I don't know how often it changed but as far as thoughts about it I thought that this could have just been a 30 minute special on e-network it didn't need to be an hour and a half long I thought that it was going to air on the side of more of the creation of the show and not just following them around and seeing old college videos of them yeah that's it perfect everybody's falling into the thing very well as far as i can tell and i am <laughs> obviously really trying but it's time to go to brian so brian <laughs> um give me your three sentence thoughts in your relationship sure uh, i had heard hip, hip. of what it hooray. <laughs> hooray. i haven't heard about what it was beforehand never seen it did not see it on broadway this is my first like real exposure of it. I guess I'd seen YouTube clips here and there, something like that. Um, I thought that the, as a documentary, I thought that this movie didn't have a point other than look how cool we are. Um, I thought that this documentary um, uh, skipped over the interesting things And this documentary felt like um, Hamilton is popular. Here's some extra content semi-adjacent and related to it. Well done. Um, I'm the same as everybody. I just heard about your phone being locked up, like the phone prison. And like being like, well, that happened all over Broadway. And so like that was the big thing. I knew what it was basically. Like my brother's done improv for a long time. So I knew it was just an improv group that that raps. Um, My three sentences. Uh, I think this is a great example of why it's very difficult to do an actual documentary uh, story that is made by yourself about yourself. Um, I think that they erred on the side of trying to, like what they do is amazing, but they erred on the side of trying to make what they do. Like they almost seems like they're trying to say they invented improv in general in a way. Um, So I thought that was strange. Uh, It's really exciting to see 
um, James Monroe, I go hurt because I love him. Um, <laughs> so wait, why did they lock everybody's phones up? Because, because they, comedy shows started doing it. Oh, I'll just jump in. Sorry, Kevin. Yeah, oh, go, go ahead. The thing in comedy shows, like if you went to a Chappelle show or something like that, they were locking phones up. In the comedy world, it is so that your jokes don't get out before they're ready. Oh, interesting. In the improv world, it's because who knows what you'll say and they don't want people to bootleg stuff because like, what if by accident you said something off color or something you don't regret? Like it's all top of mind. So it would be so, it would be really hard to know you're being filmed every night. Sure. Because they definitely did not do that back in 2007. I was, I had my phone the entire time, every time I watched the show. So. Yeah, people weren't as attached to them as they are now. Yeah, there also yeah. like is a service now. Like it's these weird little pockets. It's like a like a coat check. Like they go into um, interesting, like an RFID, whatever it's called, and it like like the signal can't get out. I, it's mm-hmm. not, but they do that at comedy shows a lot now. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, the only thing that resembles that is when I saw Three Days of Rain with. Bradley Cooper, Paul Rudd, and Julia Roberts. Deep cut. That's old. Yeah. I had to check my digital camera. Oh. because looked in everyone's bags and saw my camera, and I had to take it to coat check. Because there's nudity in that, right? Was that that one? I don't remember. It was very boring. Oh, no. Nicole Nicole Kibben was naked in another. That's that's separate. It wasn't Nicole Kibben. No. Sure, sure. sure. It was like Bradley Cooper in a suit doing monologues. And then Paul Rudd and Julia Roberts would come in and be like unappealing. Amazing. <laughs> so was like, that was yeah, like in like 2006. His alias is so good. And then he was a star. <laughs> I know we're on a tangent. We didn't really plan it, but now we got to get back to the documentary. You know what? I'm trying to say. I don't know. Hey, um, <laughs> some of your rhymes are just as good as theirs, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So this was, it's a very cool thing. It's exciting to see like, the like where some of Hamilton, where some of these things came to. I thought the most interesting part was talking to ATK about UTK. how he could about UTK. how he, he could UTK. Sorry he about how, it. about how he could have been. Oh yeah, yeah. He's in Pitch Perfect. I know. Yes. Oh no, not oh, yeah. Perfect. Oh my god, um, he I've is. Then he's yeah. in Big Brother and the Mindy Project. He's in Paul Calazzo's movie. Um, Brittany runs a marathon. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh yeah! Oh, I know we're on a tangent, but now we got a plan. Just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, his thing about like him having like him potentially being Burr originally, and then that falling apart, like things like that, was more of what I think a lot of us went into this movie wanting to see, and it was more just a celebration of what the show is. It felt more like it's the thing you send out to venues to like book your show. It was the sizzle reel, an hour and yeah. a half sizzle. But it was, but I mean, you know what, right now, not having theater and stuff, it was exciting for me to see them in the theater sure. and performing. And I love sure. improv shows. And so it's great to see improv getting more of like a, because people always say things like, it's whose line is it anyway? But like, that's just like one show of improv. Like there's different versions. Like I've seen a group here in New York that does, takes any random word and they build an entire like improv Sondheim musical out of it. And there's like a, a pianist who's like improving Sondheim esque chords as their thing. It's, it's incredible. So, like, these kind of things have been existing. And it's really cool to see the, this one and how it evolved into like some of the amazing stuff that's in Broadway. Um, 
why don't we all go through and say like our favorite like performance if you can remember one that like you really liked in the movie and if you can't think of a favorite performance like a favorite spot or moment in the movie i'll say something because yeah. speaking on uh utkarsh the whole last um improv that he did and he was just tying in how everyone knew each other and just that that was a great performance his rhyming skills i think were pretty much unmatched he was probably one of the best performers in that whole group of of people oh yeah he he slayed every time he was on uh aaron um i think my favorite performance uh and just because a lot of watching this, I remembered a lot from many, many moons ago. The evolution of rap or whatever, whatever they called it, where Shockwave starts it with the heartbeat. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. one of the best beatboxers I've ever seen. He's so good. If you go back and like when they tried to remake, because um, all these people also remade, tried to remake The Electric Company on PBS. And mm. so they're all... And Shockwave is a huge part of that too. And he's beatboxing everywhere. And so just watching every time he beatboxed in this in this movie, I was like, this is this is a master. <laughs> he's so good at beat. Like he's so he's just great. That's amazing. That was just just performance, right? That's all you wanted? Uh, yeah. Favorite performance. And yeah, you got it. Uh, Kimberly. Um, I liked his name Arthur the Genius. Oh yeah. Oh. Was his name Arthur? Arthur the Genius is. I think just the genius. Um, I like when he got to sing, and the the evolution of that game. True. His voice was secretly gorgeous. Yeah. So pretty. Um. So I liked hearing the evolution of the game because that is an interesting thing of improv, like making up your own game. Mm Hmm. Uh, Haley. Um, I second what Nikisha said. UTK's last rap was incredible or his freestyle. Um, but I can't remember another one. But the thing that was like most shocking for me was I had no idea there was a theater in the basement of the drama bookshop. Oh, really? I had no idea. And I then, took acting classes more down there. Special that <laughs> You know, I was like, oh, Lynn is just wanting to save it because it's the drama bookshop and it's like a part of history and part of like New York. And it's like, oh, he was here. Like they made that basement what it is, which I I learned what it was in this documentary. That's cool. Yeah. Brian? You would think someone as old as me would know that that exists. (laughs) (laughs) But there have been no production of hairspray in the basement. That's correct. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I, I liked any, uh, I liked any time that they could, the, the, the documentary was so focused on like the quick rhymes and the comedy. I really enjoyed when they were able to harness those skills, um, and turn into something a little bit deeper and more meaningful. Um, I think that a lot of comedy and improv is definitely, um, uh, stereotypically like just trying to make people laugh or whatever it is and i thought that the realness that some of them brought to it in certain points like utk like um uh christopher jackson in a little bit of it i i was appreciative when those moments when 
the tone switched a little bit and I then that really kind of drew me into the production of the documentary. Awesome. Um, my favorite part was uh, figuring out that the hot guy who was the MC in like their old videos was also the guy wearing like the hat. <laughs> so like my, that was like that. Oh. Moment. You know what I mean? Because like homeboy in Absolutely. the beginning could get it. Like he, like, he probably already would have gotten it like three times already. Like, but yeah. about Anthony? Yeah. Yes. Anthony? The, yeah. the whole beard and everything. I totally had uh, the same thought, Kevin. I was like, yeah. oh, wait, that's the same per. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, cause, Great. Cause <laughs> it, when, it, when they started saying they had about talking about their fallout, which like I felt like they glossed over pretty quickly. But um, when they started to talk about that, I was like, oh, okay, this is when they bring in the young hot guy from these videos. And then, like, they started showing the connection. I was like, he is the young hot guy. I'm like, he's still a good-looking dude, but, like, a different type of hot. So it was like... Dad hot. Sorry, my... Dad hot. Australian Siri thought I was talking to it. Um, No, but he's, like, (laughs) very... He was very hot, and also just his whole segment when he was, like, relating to people and, like, showing how good he was at being, like, a human on on stage and making them comfortable. I love all of that. Like, when he, like, stopped that woman and told her that, like, the cane, like, what didn't make her look less amazing. And then, like, the the whole time story, like, you don't get those kind of stories out of people unless you, like, lull them into a place of comfort. And also, you don't just get them comfortable, but you, like, somehow get into them the, like, cadence of what comedy you're doing. And so, like, she was, like, on the same wavelength as him. And, like, there's certain, like, people who are MC hosts who can, like, have that magic to do that. And, like, he definitely had that. And you could see that. So, like, all that segment about him I loved. Um, so, I can't think of a word that rhymes with tomato. So, let's just, I'll jump to the Rotten Tomatoes. Um, okay, so we're going to do the Rotten Tomatoes score here. There is a score, but there is not a critical consensus. But Aaron probably knows that because he already cheated. How dare you? It didn't rhyme, but it was. It, it was I hate it didn't rhyme, but it Change was, the channel. But at the end, just say truth. Um, okay. No. <laughs> um, so let's start with uh, Rotten Tomatoes score guesses from uh, Nikisha. I'm going to say 85 because it, people love Hamilton. Haley. Yeah, I'm going to say not a lot of people have watched it, so the score is probably high. I would say like seven. Oh, this is this is critic con- like this is a critic score. There's just a okay. critic consensus. There's 19 critics who voted. Oh, okay. I'm still gonna keep it at 76. Okay, 76 and 85. Uh, mm-hmm. Kimberly, I'm going to say 90 because also people love Hamilton. Uh, a A Ron, I'm gonna jump on that everyone loves Hamilton train and say 93. Uh, Bri? I'm just going to go under and say 60 so I can cover that range until 76. Well, our winner here is N to the I to the K to the I to the S to the H to the A because uh, it was an 89 on Rotten Tomatoes. So Kimberly was for my friend. Uh, Again, no critical consensus, but People's love of Lin-Manuel and Hamilton and everything that Midas touches uh, has brought this a very great score. And it's a cool, exciting thing to see that performance captured for us to watch during quarantine. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. let's go ahead and move on. And I'll let Brian introduce 
our next hostess with the mostest to uh, talk about our next movie. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Sure. And a reminder that you can find that on Hulu. Um, definitely like an easy afternoon watch or background watch or something like that. Um, and definitely a great watch if you like want to know more about the history of the people of In the Heights and Hamilton. They We didn't talk about it here, but they do get into kind of a little bit of uh, what happened to Freestyle of Supreme while um, In the Heights was happening. Um, uh, so that's also some content there for you. Um, but next, we are going to talk about something that I am very excited to talk about with everybody. But it's going to be led by um, someone who is actually in that, not only in that production of a chorus line, but um, was uh, you know has a little small part in uh, these steps. Not every little step, but some of the steps. Um, so Aaron's going to talk about every little step, the chorus line documentary, um, that you can find on Amazon prime. Um, but, um, uh, well, he Aaron, also talk about his time in the original production as well. Oh yeah. How dare you. Uh, were, yeah, were, you on, were you on the Seth Rudesky reunion? Um, I but, was actually uh, in, I, I was actually recording the, uh, the original tapes. I was the one like with the recorder. record. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I was I was working the, the like the record player during the class and then so mad at you. And then recording big seventies headphones is uh-huh. what I'm picturing. Yeah, I had the real to real like and you know, guys back in that day he knew sure like secretary shorthand, so he was also taking yeah. notes like it was all yeah, yeah, yeah. I was doing the minutes I was yeah. doing the minutes of the twelve hour <laughs> session. Yeah. Um, so Aaron, every take it step. away. Every little every, step. Every little step, every little step. The chorus line documentary. Um, if you if you look at trailer number two, the three minute and thirty second one, I'm in it for like two seconds. Um, but I did not make it into trailer one, nor did I make it into the documentary. But that documentary was uh, was made in 2008. It was directed and produced by James D. Stern and Adam Del Deo. It was also executive produced, but it didn't say so on IMDb, but it was executive produced by um, John Brelio, who also produced the, the, whoa, just burping, uh, who also produced the original Broadway revival. Um, The documentary itself was released at the Toronto International Film Festival on September 6th, 2008, and then it was released in the U.S. in on April 17th, 2009. It tracked the journey of the 2006 revival of A Chorus Line, um, which was produced by John Borrelio, um, directed by Bob Avian, set by Bayer Klee with Michael Bennett's original choreography. Um, and this 
documentary also had insights and interviews from the original 1975 production, which was produced by Joe Papp and the Public Theater and directed, choreographed, and conceptualized by Michael Bennett, not a rare card. Um, Yay! <laughs> um, and this is the course Line documentary. Um, and I guess let's just start um, going around the circle, going around the Zoom. Um, because I know, like, it's going to intersect anyway, so let's just, like, lean in. Like, let's go around the circle initially. Just say your history sort of with a chorus line in general and then also with this documentary. Um, so let's start with Brett. Sure. Um, I love a chorus line. Um, I have never seen a chorus line. I, uh, I didn't see the revival on Broadway. I did see it. I don't know if... I, I, I forgot to text my mom, but... Um, it was either the first live show I saw or the second live show I saw. Wow. We saw a community theater or a co local college production of it. My mom took my sister and I in the early 90s. Um, and uh, I remember it vividly. Um, like, cr it's crazy. I must have been like, I, I don't know, like eight or nine or something. I don't know. But I saw that and I remember that. Um, I found out on my, remember we did the dating episode, the dating game with Jeremy and Ashley. Um, I found out my girlfriend's favorite musical is uh, Chorus Line. So we watched this together and like, we loved it so much. Um, so that's my, oh, I was in a Chorus Line. I forgot. Who'd you play? That was my first job out of college. I played Al. Perfect. Yeah. Oh yeah, add also if you, like, who you'd play, like, who you, which character you identify with the most if you didn't I mean, play that. I mean, now I would play Zach in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, in the back of the house. Yeah. Wouldn't we all, we want that track. Or do you yeah. want the Mario Lopez choreography? No, guys, Larry, all the way. He just doesn't do anything. <laughs> anyway, um, so Kimberly, go ahead. Um, I saw the revival. And I think my mom and I were trying to place it because we watched the documentary together. And we were trying to remember if we'd seen the documentary before or after we saw the show. When did it come oh. out? Uh, the, documentary, the documentary came out, the show would have already been closed. So we saw the show first. <laughs> <laughs> I, think the, I think the tour would have been alive and well. But the Broadway show would have been I also well. saw it on tour. And then I've had a lot of friends on every single iteration of the chorus line tour. Um, and I watched the documentary in college a lot because I was cool. And I made people watch documentaries at my apartment. <laughs> I was like, but do you want to watch Jason Tam cry? Cause I do. <laughs> um, and then once one person I went to college with was like, I did musicals with him in Hawaii. And I was like, who are you? I love you. <laughs> and that was me in college in a nutshell i love this documentary very much i love a chorus line very much and i don't know why but i love bb oh beautiful Kevin? <laughs> um as our so i love i love chorus boys oh yes go i wait you need to this needs to be the full story continue yeah. no i just i love chorus boys but I, it, as far as the chorus line is concerned, um, I thought that the show was a uh, farce in the style of like, uh, what's that show? Noises, that noises off. Noises, noises off. off. I thought it was like a noises mm. off style farce about being the chorus of a Broadway show. 
And I just knew from like, and all my musical theater training, they would like talk about shows and they'd be like, you will never be in a chorus line. And I was like, great, perfect, moving on. So I just didn't know anything about it. Cause I just, I am not a dancer. So this dancer, I, a dancer does not dance in me. Um, so <laughs> I, for Broadway Stid, uh, was able to see the 2006 revival somehow um, uh, about a year ago. And so I watched that and it like, <laughs> completely broke my heart um and i didn't it was just like fiddler on the roof i thought it was a happy-go-lucky like seven brides for seven brothers type musical and Wait, it, like, but this was this was after you went to a bar with with yes oh. one of my favorite meals we've ever had yeah was that Aaron was pretty explaining a chorus line to kevin and kevin being shocked <laughs> yeah because yeah go no go ahead Aaron. you you were there you explained it. <laughs> so over like a giant pretzel, we find out <laughs> the that biggest pretzel Kevin, I've ever seen. Kevin doesn't know chorus line and thinks it's noises off. And we're like, no, oh. what? You don't know. Okay. So, and then we start, we go, we go off and tell him the, the story and he's like, wait, it's about that. And we're like, yes. What did you think it was about? Yeah. I thought and it, then he like, I legit, like in my head had like worked out how the plot worked with the few songs that I knew. Cause like what I did for love was obviously a song about like breaking up with a boyfriend. And like, I was like at the ballet, it's like the three girls who got cut from the ballet number and they're mad. They're not in it. And like, I just like played it all in my head. And then I watched this show and I was like, why is this so hard? Um, and then watching the documentary is like a meta experience of watching what the show is happen to real people. And so it just breaks my heart. And like the, the character that I would think that I would, I would relate to the most is a uh, ogre version of Paul. <laughs> Haley? Which one's Paul? Paul's the monologue. Monologue. Paul's Jason Tam. Got it. Okay. That, um, that question right there that I asked goes to show you how much I know Chorus Line. That's um, shocking to me. To be totally honest, that's shocking to me. Thank you. Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I told you, if I've never done the show, I don't know it. I just feel like you would have done it. Like, there's so I many parts know. that are very much, like, built to you, your persona, your... Thank your, you. Your, 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 your Tammy. You're so very kind. <laughs> I mean, um, Jessica Simpson did it in high school. I know. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Erin knows the story. I'm not going to tell all of it, but I did book uh, one uh, company of it, and then I was uh, recast before it was even. I was given an offer, so it's okay. But um, no worries. But I've, I think I've only seen the show. I can't even remember. I only remember like them entering in those gold outfits at the end. I don't remember the rest of the show. It was like a community theater production. Maybe because I slept the whole time. I truly don't remember the show. And I remember that one. And I was like, this is terrible. Um, <laughs> I did not audition for it. I did, though, audition for a later replacement. And everyone, it was I was in Hairspray, if you've heard of that. I was in oh. Hairspray at the time on the Broadway. And everyone was like, oh, will you do, do you know the dance? And I was like, no, I'll learn it there. And they're like, no, 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 you have to learn it. So sweet Joe Abraham taught me the dance and I went in and like, I didn't really know it. And then they were like, I think I went in for 
Maggie, maybe? Mm. I don't even know. And then they're like, can you read this BB stuff? And I went out in the hall and then they're like, oh, and come back and sing this like in the hall. And I was like, I don't know this music. Like, how am I supposed to? And they're like, well, everyone knows this. I'm like, well, I don't. So that put a sour taste in my mouth immediately. Um, But I've seen this documentary, like, I think this was my third or fourth time. I love it every time I watch it, especially because the more I watch it every new year, there's like more people that I know every year. And I'm like, Mm. oh, these are all of our friends. Um, And I, we were texting in our group chat. I got nostalgic. Um, We all got nostalgic for different reasons. And I got nostalgic for new dance, which is where they had like the first auditions, Mm -hmm. um, which is now, uh, uh, what is that Italian restaurant next to uh, Glass House? Oh, um, Trattoria, like Elilio or something, something that used to be new dance. So (laughs) did I answer all the questions? Who would you identify? Who do you identify with character wise? If you, oh, well, I don't know the show. You don't know the show. So you're fine. But I think what I've heard down the line of like where I am right now in my life, I, I think from what I've been told, I am a Sheila. (laughs) (laughs) I I told her that. I told her that. (laughs) I don't, I don't know, but I was cast as Val and then I was not. Both, both you'd be fantastic as. Yes. Nikisha. So I'm kind of the same as Kevin, as far as when I heard it was a dance show, it was like, yeah, this is not going to be for me. So I'm not going to. Nikisha, you just made Kevin's entire life by saying that. was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Can you believe that there's more people team like Kevin on this particular viewing? (laughs) And and I will point out that Noises Off is one of my favorite plays. So also that. Um, I looked it up. Wait, sorry, Nikisha. I looked it up. (laughs) Trattoria Tricolore. Tricolore. Yeah. Oh, yes. So fancy. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so I never really gave a second thought about it. And I've never seen it live. uh, But I knew what I did for love. And I thought it was about a boy um, or a guy. Uh, but I knew it wasn't a farce. So I got introduced to the documentary when I was in, sorry, Kevin, when I was in college. And uh, (laughs) ever since then, I've watched this documentary once a year. And actually, this is the third time in quarantine alone that I have watched this documentary. Because (laughs) Aaron Aaron and I FaceTime and watched it towards the top of quarantine. And then in Toronto. In Toronto. And then when I moved in with some castmates, I made one of the dancers who had never seen it watch it. (laughs) And then I got to watch it again for this. And I love it every time um, just because I like documentaries that focus on how Broadway works. And especially Mm -hmm. when I was watching this documentary before I was in the world of Broadway, it was like, oh, this is the most insight that I'm going to get about how how the audition works, what casting people are thinking and talking about, um, even though that was a really long process that happened for like what over the span of like a year and a half, the audition process or in the yeah, documentary, like eight months. Yeah, so uh, which was insane to me, but I absolutely love it, and I would 
I don't know the characters enough to identify, but I would love to be Maggie to sing the belting note in At the Ballet. That's about it. That's <laughs> literally who I was going to say. So good that yes. alone stresses me out, even thinking about that. So. Watching those poor girls be nervous about a camera being on them. And then and this cracking. movie does them dirty. This is so dirty. It does it right. This movie does exactly what we go through every single day. Like it should be required viewing for every human being who goes to a Absolutely. Broadway show and say, this is what we did to get here, y'all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would also say, like, with, with the fact that they were showing people making mistakes, that's what I would have loved to have seen in freestyle. Going back to that, like, the moments where they were like, sometimes our freestyles don't work out and blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, well, then can you show me that? <laughs> like, yeah. can I see your process? Yeah. But, yeah. And I loved when they brought up things, like, that legit happened to auditioners when they're like, hey, can you do that thing you did at the first audition? And you're like, that was six months ago. My life is totally God. different. Like the whole thing with Rochelle Rock, it was nuts. <laughs> yeah, she's it's like, I just can't, con- I can't touch that. And then she's like, I'm playing it the way that I feel now. And they're like, oh yeah, we don't want her now. Like, and just the whole thing about how she demanded to know, like everything about that whole thing was just like, uh, uh. And also like, do you want this on camera for later? Like, oh, uh, uh. I'm Team Rack. Team Rack. Oh, yeah, way. my favorite. Well, I guess. Okay, let's just go in. Okay. Um, Wait, yes, did everyone talk about their thoughts? I didn't, but it's okay. I'm oh, hosting, oh, so it's fine. Oh, yeah. No, we don't have to. I mean, okay, in a nutshell, my history with Chorus Line goes very back. In high school, I did it twice and as a teenager. Um, I played Richie both times because, oh. you know. Who's that? You can do that. Oh, wait, no, Richie's, <laughs> Richie's the black character. Oh, James and, T. Lane? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you're when you're at like a majority white children's theater and a majority white community theater. That's what you and get. You don't know any better yet, you and play Richie, much to your chagrin in later years. Um <laughs> fast forward, I then watched then I then I auditioned for this production. I signed the waiver. We did like I saw the cameras. We did. I did not get cast initially. Um, I did. How far did you make it during that first round? During that first? Um, did you do the double pirouette? Okay. <laughs> I got in with. I, watching I the double pirouette. <laughs> well, but that, but that, that was, that was definitely like. That the, was the call. That was the, uh, that was the open call. The yeah. agent calls just went straight to the combo. But to talk about like Haley's experience, there were definitely some of those, op- those, like calls. Cause I think I made it through maybe like three or four of them. Um, I made it, I think up to the, up to the final call. Um, like not like not the final final call, but the one right before that call, they, they definitely upped the stake of this entire process for the movie. Cause when I went in to replace afterward, it was not this stressful, like at all. <laughs> it was like, we, it was run like a normal audition. You who still you, wanted to, who did you play? So when I did the show, I was a swing and I covered Mark, Paul, and Larry. Who were they? Who? Mark, Paul, and Larry. Who for, is Mark um, and who is yeah, Larry? So Mark was, Mark was Paul McGill. He was, he's the young guy who sings about having gonorrhea or thinking he has gonorrhea. Okay. Paul is Jason Tam, who has, has the big monologue. Right. Larry is Tyler Haynes, who is the assistant to Zach. Okay. Um, and then I covered all the cut dancers. Um, yeah, and so then, so that's that's what I did in the show, and I did it for about two months before between 
uh, Boston Spelling Bee and Broadway Spelling Bee. Um, and they, and it was cool because it was the, within the first year. I met all those people. We were friends. Um, and yeah, and that's when I did the show. And I love Chorus Line. It's one of those shows that like, when I did it younger, I was like, whatever, who, this show is just like any other show. And as I get older, the show means more to me. Like, I was like, like at this age, because I saw the most recent uh, production of it was um, at the City Center production at the, at, at the, um, at, um, at City Center. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I watched that and I had watched the one right before that, I had watched the paper mill production. Um, and every time I watched it post doing the show, I was like, oh, I understand this show more now. Oh, I get why this show is so important. And I get why people like love this show. And because it, it, it truly is like this, like this magnifying glass into our industry that no other show does, <laughs> that no other show even comes close to like expressing. Um, and I don't know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm probably Sheila now too, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Uh, sadly like I remember the last time I saw it I was like wait Sheila's 30 I've been Sheila for like seven years now great sure seven years get out of here I'm 70 that 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 said so let's go um trying to think how to how best to craft this before we start can we just raise a glass to Michael Bennett because Um, like this movie always breaks my heart to think of what he could have done and created Mm -hmm. if you had more time so cheers to michael bennett cheers Cheers. for sure a true like genius of our time oh yeah his tony speech is great at the end his tony speech is so good okay let's so let's let's start here again because it's going to intersect um let's talk about this as a document not necessarily like about the show even though there's no way we can't um Mm -hmm. let's reflect on this as a documentary and as it it is expressed as a documentary like what did you guys think in terms of like the way it was shot like the like the narrative that it created um the the interlacing of the original like interviews and stuff what did you guys think about just as a documentary anybody can jump in i think it's great <laughs> i think it um, does like such a good job of bookending with the um Michael Bennett saying, I think we're all pretty interesting. And I think there's a show in that is at the beginning and the end. And you get to see like, there was, look at you. I also like that the nerd in me loves that it talks about the original process of making the show Mm -hmm. because it was the first show to do a workshop. And so just a Broadway history way, like this show was so important. And so obsessed. Yeah. I, I agree with Kimberly 100%. I think this show does, this movie, excuse me, this documentary does such an excellent job of sprinkling in just enough of the history of the show to make the auditions and the people behind the table more, more not only more interesting, but there's more context around it. Without the context around Chorus Line, this movie doesn't have the same impact because it adds stakes to what these people are doing to cast it and like the responsibility of the first revival since the original. Um, I think that that is really wonderful. And, and the Joe Papp stuff and all that is just, I think this has a really good job of kind of doing like a Wikipedia cliff notes of why this is one of the more important pieces in not only the history of musical theater, but the, 
the how the industry works. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was super cool. Um, and I think that they did an excellent job of rummaging through all the footage they shot, like, and working their way back from like who actually gets it and how they kind of go about that. I always question how they, how like, they went to Parsippany to visit her at home. And was that like afterwards? Like, was that like, that's how they know to follow her. Yeah. And, and like, if they followed her, did they follow a hundred people? Like, and, and she was the one who got it. Like, I, like, wow, that narrative worked out for them. Um, <laughs> so like that kind of stuff. Um, I also, um, I don't know, this had a lot of meaning. There was just like, especially I watched this after Freestyle Love Supreme and this like had a point and a meaning and like really went through the ringer with people. Um, It's the same company, isn't it? Endeavor? Endeavor. Maybe. I don't think it was Endgame. Wasn't one Endgame? Oh, Freestyle was Endeavor and it sounded like, because I had watched Freestyle after this. Mm. Got it. But what I will... What I will say about this, though, is I wasn't expecting it for it to make me that sad. I didn't get excited for the people who got the job. I felt bad for the people who did it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, like, because of this, I thought of it in a way of just, like, you have all these people saying, like, I was going to quit. This was my last audition, and I got it. But then, like, there's hundreds of people on the other side of that one person who didn't. Mm-hmm. And and because of a chorus line, and they talk so much about, like, these characters just not being able to get those things or whatnot and changing the Cassie part or changing the ending to Cassie, like all that stuff affected me more. And I didn't mean to skew negative, like not negative, but my opinion, my feelings being like more empathetic towards the people who didn't get it and did get Mm -hmm. it. It was just very, that, that surprised me. That surprised me. Do you think was it just this go around? Was this your first? This wasn't your first time watching it. Yes, right? I'd never right. seen this before. <gasps> never. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Where have you yeah, been? Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the world. <laughs> At least I've seen chorus line. Okay. okay. <laughs> no, true. I mean, I was just gonna say. <laughs> speaking on, I was I was gonna ask you were, you: were you feeling that way now, being where you are in life, that you felt empathetic? because I thought you probably watched it before and maybe you oh. didn't get that same empathy, but this is so, your first time. So this is my first time, but I do think that has to do with it of how I see mm-hmm. the world differently. I've, if I had watched this like 10, like X amount of years ago, I, I know for a fact I would have been crying and so excited when like she calls her mom and like when she mm-hmm. finds out in the driver that she actually got Val and she was like, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. Like I got, like I got Val. Like that's, I wasn't yeah. up for that anymore. Like, that stuff I would have affected me more a while, but for some reason I was, I don't know, I was focused on the other stuff, which is like very surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I watched it with my mom and she at the end just could not accept that Nikki Snelson didn't book it. <laughs> I felt the same way the first time I watched it too. My mom was like, I don't understand. She was great. <laughs> She was like, she's so adorable. Why didn't she get this job? I mean, tell her a happy ending because Nikki (laughs) Snelson played Cassie on the tour. So we're. I know. I then like read her Wikipedia entry. I was like, I think she was fine. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, Legally blonde. There you go. Yeah, exactly. I thought the cinematography was great in this because it like gets claustrophobic and gets like like jittery, which like you feel almost the nerves of everyone in the room. It felt um, like a holding room when they were in the holding room. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I did I did think it was like painfully honest, but in a good way. 
Like I was shocked at first that they were actually showing people's names and pictures on the cards that they were like, this is a no, this is a no, this is a no. Like I thought they would at least like blur out faces and names, but no, they just put out there that they were saying mm-hmm. no. Yeah. Breaking news. Andy Blankenbuehler did not get Zach. Yeah. No, he did not. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> like, holy crap. Also like Jay, we had Jaylene Marcos on the show and she, I think she talked about this on our episode did, yeah. and it's just like, I felt like, I felt like empathy towards like, Oh, I know you played the part eventually and like did an awesome job, but like, your your to use it to your failure to get that part is on camera. I like, know that is There's horrifying. Where they go, oh, like Hugo says, I'll be happy either way, and Jalen just goes, yeah, I'll be happy either way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, um, but yeah, it was also the same with Haley. Every time I watch this, I know more people too, and so it was really interesting this time. Like. I think it was the first time I'd watched it since we interviewed her. And I was like, Oh, I know intimately her experience that she like. I have a dumb question too. Um, So I know that the guy, I think was his name Tice. Tice. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I know that he did in that choreographer. I think, so you think you can dance Mm -hmm. Yes, him on there for sure. Does he also choreograph for Broadway? No, no. Okay, I didn't think so, and I was like, oh, he's a Broadway dancer, and I was like, oh, he, oh, okay. It was in Cinderella, though. We talked and, about it last week. That's right. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. And he did, he did assist one of the, rev- the recent revivals of Guys and Dolls. I do think, I want to say. Yeah, I think it was the one at the Nederlander. Yeah, I think the Lauren Graham oh, I one. I saw that. Mm-hmm. I think it, was, it was just, that was also another different dynamic that was interesting to discover, and like you're watching because there were certain people in there that like were kind of playing like the doe-eyed sweet Bambi character. There are some people trying to go in like very confident. They're like, I agree. Mm-hmm. I feel like they should sit down all people who are graduating from like a musical theater program in college. And like the day of their graduation or like the day before they should be like, Hey, here, watch this video and know what this is. Well, because like, did. I wish I had this in college because we were required to watch it. I wish that Work. I had that yeah, in college. It was part of our senior seminar. Have I told you guys about how they like made us do a mock EPA and like we all had to sit in the hallway before class and then like that's our amazing. teacher was the monitor and he was mean to us and then we all had to like go in one by one. He was also the too. teacher. <laughs> you guys know Julio Augustin? Wow. He was in Chicago for a long time. No. Um, he made us do that and he made us watch this documentary and then I bought it. Wait, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. That's I wish more schools would do that because like I and think we were all terrified. We were all watching this together, like, oh sh- what did we get ourselves into? Just a yeah, lot of college like, kids go into auditions not knowing what they should really be going in as mm-hmm. and like what the and what it looks like from the other side. And so I feel like this was a really great way to kind of understand yeah. the it's kind hard of like a decisions those people make, which <laughs> I mean yeah, and they, they said them harsh things about people and mm-hmm. they it's had also a great way for actors to show that come in being confident with what you are going to bring. And I mean, this is always what I say, even when I teach, it's like, go in with your choice and how you want to do it. And you're either going to get it or you don't. And that's, that's just something you can't control because something that you bring, someone will, absolutely fall in love with one day and then the next day you could bring that exact same thing and someone else will be like nope not having it and I think this 
documentary is a beautiful way to see just how we all are so different and that's awesome. And, but there is a reason why certain people get certain roles because you just see that like it thing in, mm-hmm. in people. Um, the rawness and, of it is beautiful. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm just going to piggyback off of that Haley, because it's a matter of you going in and being yourself. They could tell you no for that job, but they could see you for something else, another type of job. So it's a matter of like, no matter what, be your, be yourself. Because in the end, like Nikki Snelson and in her career after that, even though she didn't get Val, um, but as long as you're putting your best forward, even if you don't get that job, that doesn't mean you're bad. Maybe they just want to see you as something else or in something else. They might call you back. Right. Oh, things. really kind and of I've cool. Had but also sometimes like, you're bad. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was also really cool is what, like, like, in be, being able to watch like the process on both sides of the table, like when Jay Bender was like D- DTL? DTL. 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 And like, so like a down the line does just because you don't get it now doesn't mean you don't get it later. Right. Like that's a real concept that people are casting always, yeah. not just it now. It took me six years to get Glinda. It can happen. Yes, <laughs> go through. Wait, so I have, I have a question for Aaron yeah. or anyone who can answer this. Um, that last, the last auditions in the theater, actually in the theater, that's because they were doing the movie, right? I mean... I would think so, yes. I would assume so, but... Like this was in the two thousands. Those were, those kinds of auditions were still happening. One of my Not like many my replacement call in um, for Mary Poppins happened in the theater. Like oh, really? a, because they they owned the they theater, the theater. Yeah. <laughs> right? So but but so yes, yeah, so I would assume this was to up the ante and yeah, because like, by that do, time it it was not like. You yeah. go to a new dance or you go to a Ripley Greer. Like, well, because I also think... I also wonder if, because you had Bob Avian and John Braylio, who are used to the original production, if they needed to see people on stage. Because sure. it's not all that much different to just do an audition on stage than just do the show. I mean, and right. also, like... I mean, again, this is, this is speculation because I didn't do the original company. Um, Tony Allegedly. Tony, but <laughs> Tony read with both Christines, so arguably yeah. Tony had the job already. And Michael, Michael, Bur- Michael Barres read with all the Cassies. Oh, I assume, that he, yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah, like, but even early in the production, early in this, early in this movie, they say like, would she like in the first off calls? They would say, would he look good with Tony? Yeah, like so. I think it was it was oh, for production. Must have had it from the start. Yeah. yeah. It was for it would like the theater I would say it would be for, for production. So I don't know because I wasn't there. My second but. question is, do you think any of their choices for these parts were skewed because of narrative for the film? The choices? No. Like casting. I don't, I don't think so. No. I think um, the narrative was we was woven after everything was filmed. I would agree with that. Yeah, would I, I would I argue that Charlotte possibly had a leg up in this process from the other Cassies? Arguably, you also look at her and you're like, "That's what it should be." She age wise is so much more appropriate for that than Natasha Diaz was at that time. Sure, like, 
Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Way I don't even do think, but I, but I do think her relationship with Michael helped mm-hmm. her, Cassie's relationship with Zach in the moment in that audition. Sure. Like, it was very clear that she had, but that wouldn't. With, but I don't think they the, know each but other. The movie didn't change. The movie didn't change that relationship. I'm thinking no. about just like, like to me, that's like the most like on the nose. I'm just wondering yeah. if I, I, if you saw that, if you felt that. Like, I did do you not, think that maybe they curious. didn't go with Nikki Snelson and went with that girl for more of an exciting narrative of like girl fresh off the bus gets no. the part because no, then it would have been. Just you would have seen the casting discussion about that, and you didn't see that. So I think the documentarians were equally surprised. Uh, and that. I think that would have been so, like that would have been more like in this that would have been more involved were this documentary coming out in tandem with the opening. Okay, that's 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 a because good point. The, yeah, everyone. The show already, is already dead by now. Like, I do have yeah, one question. Like, oh yeah. Oh, just at the end, it's clear that Rochelle Rack comes back a second day, right? Because she's in a different leotard. I didn't she's know She's in that. a pink leotard and then she's in a pink leotard with velvet on top. Word. In her, like, final call. So, like, it's clear that, like, she went home, thought about it. They saw her the next day and she still couldn't do it. So, Cheers. yes. you. What show was she in after? Does anyone know? I yeah, mean, I looked it up. She shows. was in, oh, uh, I looked it up. She was in something at the time that she went back into. Let me look it up again. So but I liked that we saw that. Like she, they, they were like, you can't I do it. I think it was at the Schoenfeld, which she leaned her head out of <laughs> at the end. But that would have been where Chorus Line was. Right. But when they were filming the documentary. Was, it before, was before. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. So oh. I remember what would have been remember. there. Oh, yeah, because they auditioned at not the theater where the show they was. Yeah, they auditioned at the Broadhurst. Broadhurst. Um, she, she would have been, at that point, she was probably in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Mm. That, that ran, was at the Imperial. That ran from 05 to 06, March 05 to September 06. So that and may have been oh, during yeah, that, this time. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, that would have made sense. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to bring up, this this viewing definitely stuck out most more so than I have before I think probably because we're in quarantine um was the two quotes from Jacques Dambro, Dambois from um Char- who was Charlotte's father and Michael well, Michael Bennett quote were the hardest thing is when you can't dance I think I was 40 something when that knee went out or really went out and I ended up in the hospital and you know you're not going to dance again that was hard because when you begin to form who you because you begin to begin to perform That was hard because you begin to form who you are. I am a dancer. I am a dancer. Now you can't dance. Who am I? And then Michael Bennett said, I would like to not care. I would like to not care if I'm a success. I would like to know that, for instance, if my career should fall apart, it's going to be just fine. Now I can probably never do that. Those quotes sort of in tandem with the final scene in the show. And the final scene in the show happens where Paul gets injured and has to be whisked away to the hospital and Zach poses a Haley, spoiler. Haley, I need you to, Haley, I need you to watch this show. Um, I'll, I'll, send, I'll send you a bootleg when we're done. I don't know if 1975 warrants <laughs> any spoiler. <laughs> but this is, but, th- but then it propels into a conversation between all of the auditionees uh, mm-hmm. propelled by a question. What would you do if you can't dance anymore? 
And they asked that in the show. In yeah. the show. <laughs> oh, hey, we're, we'll talk after this. You need. We don't support bootlegs on Broadway, Sid, but there are great bootlegs on YouTube. I mean, slime tutorials on YouTube. Um, <laughs> with uh, just because we're in the time that we're in, like my favorite thing about this documentary and about this show is that dance doesn't mean dance in this show. Like all of us are now stuck at home, not doing what we want to be doing. How in that sort of analogy of our show and in this time that we're in, how did that, if at all, did that hit you guys in any way? And if so, how Wait, Aaron, are you saying you don't want to be doing broad wasted? (laughs) (laughs) i am broad wasted i'm broad wasted gets wasted (laughs) um no those two definitely affected me as well because i think everyone right now is even outside of entertainment is just like Mm -hmm. oh your life can stop in a second are you doing what you want to Mm -hmm. and if you can't do it anymore do you have choices what do you do? Yeah. Or like when your identity is so latched to what you do for a living. Um, it's terrifying. Yeah. I, I agree. Like I felt all that too. Um, I was really this watching this so much more heartbroken for like the people that we lose and like from this pandemic and also from like other things in history, like just like losing Michael Bennett just like he was such a visionary and just hearing him talk the way that he like cared about people and like the way that he told stories that just it's really sad to think about like who is just like not getting that chance at all anymore to do what they could do. Mm -hmm. I had a thought when I was with those specific quotes, I took my first jazz class this week in, I'm not kidding, probably eight years, maybe less. (laughs) I don't know. And I, it also doesn't help that it was like doing it in my parents' bedroom because that's the the space with the most like space where I could close a door. Mm -hmm. And like, it's on Zoom. Like, come on, it's not going to be well. I'd also eaten one chocolate chip cookie for my breakfast (laughs) and before, and then was dancing and it was Josh Burgos and it was like, turn and turn and turn. And I um, went into like a sugar shock. So I was like, I have to sit down. But it was after that class where I was like, "Uh, I'm not as good as I used to be. But then I was like, Haley, you're dancing on carpet. You're at home. Like I had all these like kind of excuses, but then hearing that quote, I was like, oh no, like I'm, I'm becoming that. Like I can't do a split anymore. And I have injuries now. And I have things and things that I'm like, I can't do what I used to do. And it really breaks your heart as a dancer, Mm -hmm. as a performer. Yes. But like really as a dancer too, because your life is your body and your training. And then when that starts to go out the window, you're like, but I don't know what my special skill is anymore. Mm-hmm. No, I remember. Yeah. I texted Haley this, this runaround because I was like, like she said, like, and like Kimberly said too, when you watch this, you see more and more people that, you know, and I texted Haley. I was like, these are our people. Cause this was happening right around the time when Haley and I were like coming up in this industry 
and we were hungry and we were dancing and we were living and we weren't jaded yet. And there were people that like <laughs> were amazing that we looked up to that uh-huh. still were, I mean, in my eyes were hungry, but like they were legends Yeah, and they were, um, I'm going to use the term. They were these Broadway gypsies that like by the time they were in their, you know, late twenties, early thirties, they had done 57 Broadway shows. Like these people worked and they were fierce and they still Mm -hmm. are fierce, but yeah, it's, it's our generation of Broadway. So. Mm -hmm. And and looking at it now, it's like, we're, I'm, I I was just texting her. I was like, it's, there's a weird like pride that like, we're still doing it, but also this weird, like sadness that like, that's like, we're on the other side of the hill. Mm-hmm. Like that, this movie signifies a time when we were still climbing up and arguably we're on the other side now. And that that's was its so own weird. special golden age. And now it's in a different age of like tricks and, you know. It's just, just a different more, generation. It's just a different generation of like modern, modernism. And mm-hmm. yeah. So. The, the industry has moved on and we're not at the peak of it anymore. Right. Like, yeah. I'm just, overall, I just want to say, I'm really surprised that Jessica Simpson didn't at least get an offer for Cassie from her YouTube production of when she sang it in high school, because that was the first time that I ever heard that song was the Jessica Simpson performance on video. Yes. Um, um, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> well, Aaron, did this have a Rotten Tomatoes? Yes, it did. Oh, so cool. we have a we have a Rotten Tomatoes, and we have a, a critic consensus. So let's oh, wow. go around the other way, Nikisha. I'm gonna say ninety. Okay, Haley. Ninety-four. Sorry, Nikisha. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> Eighty-seven. Kimberly. Ninety-seven. Brian. You said 84, Kevin? He said 87. 87, you bastard. Uh, I'll go I'll go 88. <laughs> <laughs> Nakisha wins with Oh, the, two for two. Yeah. The Rotten Tomatoes was nine was ninety two. What you gonna do? You just won two for two. Girl, look at you, look at you. Oh, no, I have the flu. <laughs> Kevin, I don't want you getting any kind of flu. Yeah, no, that's true. Let's not do any of that. That's that true. Consens- the critics' consensus is fascinating and insightful. Every little step is a thoroughly engrossing behind-the-scenes look at Broadway performers. Yay. I would buy this in a Walmart discount pack with Smash. I own it on DVD. Uh, I Hands own down. it right, singularly. <laughs> One Great singular job, DVD. Thanks. Cool. I need so you to for, own this with a bootleg of the show. Well, we just did the two episodes for everyone. Now we're going to move on to our Patreon episode. For those of you who have Patreon, we'll talk about Waiting for Guffman. For those of you who do not have it, we're going to skip straight to our um, rankings. Um, our Anne rankings? Get, there are, oh, yes, our of course, Anne of course. Rankings. I'm so sorry. Our Anne rankings. Um, I, that's amazing. Okay, let's let's rank this and ra- ranking these uh, three films. 
Um, choose any type of ranking you want, but we'll go around. Um, and whoever wants to start uh, uh, can can go first. Bueller? I'll rank these movies by like the way they gave me feels. Like, and so uh, number one is uh, Every Little Step. Uh, number two is uh, uh, Waiting for Guffman. And number three is uh, Freestyle Love Supreme. That is mine I second as well. that. I second. All right. So Nikisha, Aaron, and Kevin are uh, one, Every Little Step, two, Waiting for Guffman, three, Freestyle Love Supreme. Yes. Um, let's go to Kimberly. I will switch the top two because I'm going to go for walk. How often can I watch these movies? And so waiting for Guffman, every little step, we are freestyle of Supreme. Same, Haley? Yeah, I just have to put Guffman first because of my nostalgis, nostalgism, nostalgic. Nostalgia? Nostalgia. <laughs> Nostalgia. <laughs> that Nostalgism. One I didn't go to college, you guys. Um, <laughs> you uh, went for like a minute. Yeah, like two seconds um yeah guffman is just everything of everything so number one every little step is wonderful i love i love it so number two and then freestyle up number three yeah i'm on the same page as kimberly and Hayden. Ooh, we're I just lit down the middle down the mids. but i i will say that between two and three there is a very large gap yes um, Not in the talent of the people, just the actual movie. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. Um, but you know, as we as we always say, a penny for your thoughts, a dime for your dreams. Would a shiny new quarter buy a peek at your schemes? <laughs> um, that's from Freestyle Love Supreme. No, that is from Guffman. Great films. This was a fun one. Um, thank you all so much for joining us. This was great. Um, stay tuned on Twitter. You can follow us at Broadwasted. Stay tuned on Instagram. You can follow us at Broadwasted. Where we're going to post what we're watching next week. It is a host choice, so get ready for Nikisha's picks. Um, um, but uh, yeah, you can f- uh, join our Facebook group there for some theater, theater nerdy stuff. Um, you can obviously, if you haven't, uh, fall, uh, join us on Patreon where you get uh, the extra movie, extra content, uh, tons of stuff there. We're doing a lot during this quarantine period um expect no patronus exactly um and you can find us on uh you can also find us on spotify on stitcher on itunes rate and review us there five stars please thank you um but we end every episode by raising our glasses and we always say Everybody dance. Everybody dance. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the Rise Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. Rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org, because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.